Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Book Horse Pod. Hello there. Um, yeah, remember when we had our last episode and we were like, yeah, we'll be back in a week. And that was a month ago. But it's my fault. Cool. Sorry. No, it's Blame. also my fault. It's it's all of our faults. I will claim no fault here. because You totally had, had a oh. fault too. <laughs> In, in Miranda's defense, in Miranda's <laughs> defense, the day that she that would have been her fault, I ended up not being able to do anyway. So <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know that we were going to do that day, and I was so convinced that we weren't that I didn't even bring my recording equipment two thousand miles across the country. So glad it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Kristen yeah. looks a little frustrated with us all. Producer, <laughs> I'm not frustrated with you. I, it's not like I did anything over. Uh, she's, the break, she's not so. angry. She's disappointed. Exactly. It's my I'm life not, status. I don't care. It's we're we're a year or two into a pandemic. It's <laughs> it's really <laughs> fine. We should record when we can. <laughs> yeah, COVID's not fun. If if people can tell by my voice, I am quite stuffed up because I have I have been infected with the plague. It's quite unpleasant. Um, even though I am vaccinated and boosted, so which is which I'm sure made it much better than it could have been. So get vaccinated. Omicron is a real bitch. Yeah, man. Um, so today we're finally finishing the reading part of Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. Um, the book that will not end. Oh, nice. Uh, no, it's not. It's not nice at all. Christian. Out of curiosity, is this the longest it's ever taken us to record a book? Uh, very possibly. Very, very possibly. I feel like without checking, yes. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, like, a lot of that was my fault for ripping off my hamstring, but also, like, I think there were, it was just a long time. Yeah, I don't know if we were mid-book with your hamstring, though. I think, I think we may have been between books for that. No, I thought, I think we did an episode. Yeah, we did one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who knows? Who remembers? I think. Maybe not. I don't know. My brain is dying. It just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Can't wait to start work again tomorrow. (laughs) I start work again for the first time in four months next Monday, and that's going to be a trip. I hope all readers are readers. What the hell is this? I hope all (laughs) listeners are celebrating for Chris right now. It's exciting news. Also, Kate will be so happy. Indeed. It's It's exciting times. I, I had to work today and would not recommend. Um, so before we get started finishing up this book, what are we all drinking? I'm Ronnie, eating you dinner. First. I'm eating dinner. Okay. <laughs> I'm eating dinner and dinner? I'm, I'm eating dinner and drinking water. <laughs> yeah, is that what's in your comically large? Ah. <laughs> uh, it's a big cup. For cup. those who can't see on our famously visual podcast, uh, Keek's cup is like well close to, well close. Wow, my brain. <laughs> almost two times the size of her face. That's what yeah, I was going for there. Well close it, is I don't is a new know bad. that it tells me how big it is, but it's... Maybe uh, like 128? No, it's not that big. It fits like... 64? 
It's like a it's like a little bit. This is a sixty four. I think it's like a liter. It's bit. It looks bare little liter. I, <laughs> yeah. I believe you. Maybe you have a very small head. I wouldn't know. Well, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> it was also closer. There you go. I, it's still bigger than your head. That's, that's than definitely your head bigger than far. the liter. It's still it's still bigger it's still than still the big. liter. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Rana. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you would think all this time away would make me less of an asshole, but no. Um, just no, a, you went to Massachusetts. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> okay. I did, indeed. And I drove through a lot of the country. And uh, somehow my dog did not kill his puppy friend, so I'm happy. Um, I am drinking a coffee coconut stout um, by Weldworks Brewing. And it is perfect for this nice cold weather. I love a coffee stout. I love a coconut stout. This is from Weldworks, which is in Greeley. It's 8% and it has no description. Um, oh, it does. Just kidding. I can't read. That's why I'm on a book podcast. Um, it says brewed with toasted coconut, milk, sugar, Peruvian coffee from Zoe's Cafe or Zoe's Cafe. I assume that's somewhere in Greeley. Uh, and natural flavors added, whatever the fuck that means. So that's what I'm drinking. It's delicious, I have to say. Um, totally worth it. I got some beer recently, a little make-your-own-six-pack to make a beer cheese sauce for homemade pretzels, and oh, I got this yum. as a treat to myself, and it is good. What beer did you use for the cheese? Oh, uh, it's in the recycling bin. It was something with a dog on it, and it was an IPA, which I next okay. time would use an amber ale, which I did before because it has a better flavor for it. But Yeah, IPAs can be a little... Well, I wanted something a little like more beer tasting because last time mm. I did an amber ale and it wasn't super strong. Have but you done a brown? I have only made them twice for the sake of my intestines, but um, I sure. might make them again soon. Yeah, a brown is good. Mm. It reminds me I need to put up pizza dough tonight. Beery. I will pass it over to Burb to talk more about beery flavors or whatever she's drinking. I've got a Pilsner. I've always got a Pilsner. It's from Ex Novo. I've had it before. I forget what it's called because I recycled the can. But it's from our friends at Ex Novo in Portland. Drink beer, do good. Beer. Beer. <laughs> uh, I'm also boring. I'm just drinking green tea because, like I said, sick. Um, so, yeah. Good talk. Also, Thanks I finally remember the, the beer for the cheese thing which was a uh, snake river pecos beer so yeah that's it nice. oh that oh, sounds cool. interesting man I remember when Kristen had a beer pod yeah, that was a while ago beer, beer pod died <laughs> <laughs> okay to be fair um the venture capitalist behind the, the beer thing that we used to make the beer pod also died so that is good i thought that this was like a a joke about a beer pod and now i'm realizing it was a real thing nope i was on it i even bought a thing and then we never brewed it i know same oh were you like home brewing and and yeah yeah it was like a a pico brew was the company i have one i have never used it because i'm afraid it's very complicated (laughs) you have one yeah (laughs) (laughs) i have one also but it's very funny that you have one (laughs) Anyway, now that we have a house, we'll probably set it up and use it. But we have um, a house. It's a whole thing. (laughs) I know it doesn't count. (laughs) Now that she owns her house, she's in a new like life status. So now that I can set it up and never have to move it again if I don't want to. (laughs) Is what I mean. Oh god. Oh god, moving is the worst. I like. We're not moving for like six months until Kate graduates, and I'm already dreading it. I'll help. Aw, yay.
All right, moving is slightly less terrible. I know it's still going to suck. I'm going to get hangry, but I'll just provide my own snacks. That's I mean, obviously, we're going to buy pizza. Um. Anyway, so before we get started talking about the book, uh, as a reminder, our organization that we're telling people to support during this book is the Texas Equal Accent Fund. Accent, the Equal Accent Fund. Jesus Christ. Equal Access Fund. All uh, Southern draws are created equal. Oh, my God. That's that's false. That's <laughs> patently false. I'll go to the mat on that one. Um, anyway, uh, it provides emotional and financial support to people in Texas who are seeking abortion care. Uh, so go to tfund.org if you are interested in giving to them. And do that instead of slash before you give to us. Um, shall we talk about blue people? They're blue. They are blue. Yes! I can talk about blue people. Do it. If everyone, if everyone else wants to. I was just thinking, uh, blue person side note of the, the blue cameo on this week's premiere of Book of Boba Fett, but then Kristen still hasn't fucking watched it, so it would be lost on her. Person? You're right. I still oh, haven't watched it. I missed it. the blue person. <laughs> I missed the blue I person it. too. I was pretty tired. It was after oh. the 31 hours of driving, but still. It's it's literally just Max Rebo is in the the cantina. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, no, I did see that. I thought you meant there was a chiss person. No, no, yeah, just like, just general blue, general blue person. I was actually extremely excited to Hondo? see Max Rebo. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> literally, somebody put in. I I believe it was Daniel put in the Tashi Station Slack. Being like, not Hondo, but there's a blue person. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> Lordy. Um, so yeah, Thrawn, the 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 titular blue person. Uh, He's a titular role. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. Uh, so one thing that we learned from this final quarter of the book is when the fuck it's taking place which we didn't, I mean, we had like a general sense of before, but now we know exactly when it's taking place because it is crossing with Thrawn Alliances, which we read about a year ago. Yeah, that was really cool because like he's just flying off into space with um, the little Skywalker. But like, I just I just remember reading the like the, the scene that we saw here in the other book and Thrawn was like, oh, I'm with my pilot. And you think it's like a pilot? And instead, it's like a nine-year-old. Yep. Who just learned to fly like yesterday. Very Star Wars. Who, like, if I recall correctly in Thrawn Alliances, did some, like, not insignificant, like, flight work in that book to pick Thrawn up in the middle of a firefight. <laughs> She's very talented. She's got the, uh, what do they call it? The third sight. Indeed. The force. <clears throat> yeah, but like. <laughs> You're supposed to start a sentence when you say that. Go me. I was going to say, um, I, I assumed you had a thought. I was did. that incorrect? And then, well, it was correct and then it was incorrect. And then it kind of, I, I kind of remembered again. Uh, the one thing I'm interested in seeing, and this is. I mean, maybe maybe a topic for the the wrap up next episode. Um, 
But like if this is where we when we are uh in the first of the trilogy, like where are we gonna be by the end of the trilogy? That's a good question. I bet Chris has an answer. I'm sure he knows. <laughs> um I don't actually. I, don't. I mean I know I know where we are in, in Chiss time. This all it uh, takes place over a relatively short period of time the trilogy does but i mean it doesn't at least so far i only started the third book today finally um but it doesn't mention anything else about the republic so far mm. other than their shields other than their yes other than the the shields i found that really interesting that the chiss like shield technology is so deficient to the republics when obviously they act so high and mighty over everyone else do we think anything about that is because they are so trusting in their own ability to like navigate situations and be strategic that yeah, they just haven't I, had to do that? That's what I thought too. Is they're they're very tactically inclined. I mean, like obviously Thrawn's better than the rest of them, but it seems that in general they generally know what they're doing. I don't I don't even I don't actually know that I would agree with that. That they generally know what they're doing. I think. I that mean, they, nobody knows what we're doing at any point, but... I mean, that's... Obviously, we're the ones who know, best of all, what we're doing. Exactly. Because we are very clear that people should not listen to this podcast. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we're going to talk about this a little more next week, but, like... I don't get the sense that the Chiss are particularly good at what they think they're good at. Like, they're very... And we're going to get more at this in the next two books when it does delve into the Chiss like domestic political situation a little more whereas this one didn't really other than them trying to hate Thrawn but like they they're very set in their ways and very unwilling to change their procedures in the face of any sort of emergency which I find really interesting about them yeah we do see that a little bit in this but like I mean if they're tactically strategically better than or more advanced or adept than their neighbors does it matter if they're good no but that begs the question are they good or are they just better than a weak group of neighbors who live in a bizarre area of space well they feel very good about themselves that they do and we feel good about them because they're blue. All true points. <laughs> um, yeah. Miranda, I think you added a point. I did add a point. Um, so, and like I don't, I don't know how good the Republic Shield technology is. Like it always seemed like, oh yeah, like this is kind of the standard. It, it works, but. If it's so far advanced past what the Chiss are able to do, like, you know, sure, they're going to be more deficient. Like, they're, like, they're obviously learning about this technology. Like, they stole the shield to, to get it. But also, in general, they, the Ascendancy doesn't seem to be super familiar with the Republic. Uh, I think they call it lesser space. Um, the galaxy far, far away that we are all familiar with. And, like, you know, it's 
okay, Thrawn finds out that, oh, this planet is called Batu, and, you know, the one gal flying the plane asks if... Uh, <laughs> Cherie? <laughs> no, 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 the uh, the one from the Republic, or oh, from du- the galaxy. Duja. Duja. Doja Cat. Yeah. Um. I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just having a great mental image of Doja Cat, like, her most extra flying a ship in Star Wars, and I can say I can see it. So Lil Nas X is, like, talking to Thrawn, <laughs> and, but she's I would, like... I, I, I fully believe that that's a music video we're going to see in the future, is all I'm saying. God, I hope so. I would be really excited if that were the case. I would love that. But, uh, so, what's her name, Doja? She's talking, she's like, oh, are you... You know, are you with the the Republican or the Separatists? And he's like, I don't have sides, but I'm like, do you know anything about this civil war that's happening very close to you? It definitely seems like they don't. Like, they don't seem, you know, they're not super familiar with the sides. They're not, I mean, like, obviously Batu is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but theoretically it's closer to the ascendancy than, honestly, probably a lot of things in the galaxy. Like... It, they just seem very unaware, and I'm fascinated by it. Especially because of how high and mighty they, you know, think of themselves as. Yeah, and it, like, it kind of does relate back to, like, how they got in this mess of not knowing who the Nicardoon were until, like, they were basically at their doorstep and and just not caring at all whatsoever. Like, they're very superior but they're also insular like Aralani was like like she wasn't just like oh this is interesting tech she was like oh this could change everything we do about our warfare and it's like that feels like if your neighbor has something that's that much more advanced than you it feels like you should know that yeah it's a good point about like why isolationism is not always the best tactic or maybe ever the best tactic but um it is i think it really points to the ways that they have sort of secluded themselves. I think if we compare that to some of the conversations we saw in um, whatever the hell Padme book we read a couple months ago, I can't remember if it was Queen's Shadow or Queen's Peril or whichever one it was, um, but there where there is this whole debate about how much you should be involved with your neighboring planets, um, it just kind of made me think of that in terms of what what the hell is the... Um, my brain is failing me. What the hell are they thinking? Like, they have they just really had not had to have any sort of strategic alliances and conversations that go past the basic conversations like do they do they not actually plan together and learn about technology and all that it's yeah i don't know it's interesting to me i mean my thing is like it's you know they can they can play in their own you know backyard or their own little neighborhood but this is like two cities over basically and they've got no fucking idea what's going on like they just seem to be entirely unaware of like even like uh, maybe there's some conflict there. Yeah. It's a galaxy-wide war. <laughs> like, they're unaware at the same time they pride themselves on being aware about these bizarre details, like, about silverware and paint showing them how to understand people. And I know that those weren't their neighbors, but it's just a strange juxtaposition. That's to not be- how we pronounce that word. Juxtaposition. <laughs> wow, one beer in. To be fair, that's just Thrawn, but also, like, he, of anybody and. The ascendancy. I feel like he would be the one to be, you know, hip to that. And like, obviously, he goes and is like on that too and meets Mister 
Skywalker. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it was just a thought I had. Yeah. And no, I think, I mean, I think it is interesting because, like, Thrawn's whole thing is, like, he does the, like, obviously his whole thing is art, but, like, he does, he has these logical leaps that, like, he can guide you through, and then by the time he's done, you're like, okay, that all makes sense. And I feel like those are the type of logical leaps that, like, culturally, from what we've seen of the Chiss so far, they are not interested in even trying to make those leaps, which is, I feel like, where Thrawn really comes into conflict with kind of the leadership because like he'll 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 be like these are these are natural things that we should know about and they're like says who you shut the fuck up thron <laughs> go be blue <laughs> go be blue pierce brosnan no one cares <laughs> um i mean i think that's interesting too and we we don't get like a ton more of his interaction with kind of the politics of everything in the ascendancy but we definitely see more of like how they feel about him like they're trying to treason the hell out of the family and all of that um i don't know i think aralani made an interesting point like thrawn obviously has his strengths politics is not it or one of them but she said at one point that politics and war are two sides of the same coin. And I think there is truth to that. And there is a little bit of, um, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm thinking about the scene where he's like telling everybody what they're going to do. And like in the ascendancy leadership. And it's... It's kind. It's sa- It's it's savvy. Like his his war plans are savvy, and there's like the, it's it's the way he manipulates situations. Like he's like, okay, well, you know, we're in this specific case gonna send these two gals, and they're gonna have a little sorry we stole your ship note. But then this 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 can happen. And so, you know, he he's very good at, like, goading people into attacking the Ascendancy. However they deem, like, attacking to be defined as, because that's a whole big topic of conversation. But, like, I don't, I don't, it, it's weird that, you know, he's got that on the war side of the coin. But that's incredible manipulation. Yeah. Why isn't he good at politics? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. And frankly, one of the issues that I've always had with Tim Zahn's, like, he's terrible at politics without, like, ever showing how. Um, because it is the same thing. Like, war is politics. Like, that is that is what causes wars. It's the whole, the whole thing. Sometimes I get the impression that Tim Zahn wanted to do the he's not good with people, but he's good with like strategy and then tried to apply it to a Star Wars universe in like world building. I don't know. It just, yeah, I agree. It does seem a little bit short sighted that war is politics. How would you do that otherwise? Yeah, it's interesting. I so I only read the original Thrawn trilogy. I know there's other Thrawn books in the Legends 
universe. I don't know if this whole he's bad at politics thing stems from Legends, um, or if it's like a new thing to like make him less like Deus Ex Thrawn. Like, but like it's we are like kind of starting to see it, particularly in the like his uh, like how the the Syndicate doesn't like him and he like is never quite able to grasp why but like it is always odd and like you do start to get a little bit more of it in the next two books but it's still it does feel very forced because it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't understand these things yeah it, it, we're being told one thing and being shown another thing in a lot of instances and like it happens a lot he kind of does this like you know, thinking ahead in battle, but he's there telling them, like, oh, yes, you know, pretending like it's all going to be fine, because usually he just has to apologize afterward, like, oops, I stole this ship. Um, but yeah, that's a point. Yeah, and like, thinking back to the Thrawn Treason in the last canon trilogy, like, that whole scene where he, like, is trying to win over Captain Pelion and, like, trying to trigger the the Admiral, the, the Imperial Admiral, into, like, shooting him, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. that whole scene where he was like, oh, I know you from your music, even though I don't usually understand music. Like, I saw you, like, performing your own. And I'm like, and I, like, proceeds to, like, just rip this dude apart, like, piece <laughs> by piece. And I'm just like, okay, but, like, Literally, this is the same as politics. You're understanding his motivations. You're understanding how he's going to react to something. Like, it, it's the exact same thing. And so, like, it's that's something that's always like felt odd that it like, or rather, at odds that his alleged lack of political sense and his phenomenal ability to get people to do exactly what he wants them to. He's just got bad people skills. Why don't he's- just say that though? He's got, I don't, because it's less interesting. Yeah. It, it's less of a, you know, like this is, him being bad at politics is, you know, the one thing he's got from, uh, to keep him from being a Mary Sue. Like. He might still kind of qualify as a Mary Sue. I mean, I like Thrawn's character. I think it's fascinating. But if people are going to say every woman in Star Wars who solves a problem is a Mary Sue, then by that same <laughs> logic. <laughs> I'd, I'd say he's more of a Mary Blue. Well done, Chris. Mel- I don't know what Melden is, but well done. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to get that in there. <laughs> love it. Love it. Incredible. Um, Miranda, you had one final point on this topic that you put in the outline. Would you like to make it? See, I still don't... I think I stand by it. But... I'm of a split mind sometimes. Um, you know what? Fuck it. All Thrawn is a bottom. He is able to it's not it's like not passively, but like actively passively get things to go his way. So there you go. He's not direct about it. Yeah. He's he's a manipulative bottom. He's a power bottom. Yep. <clears throat> Got it. Noted. Um, let's talk about Arlani, the top she's to Thrawn's bottom. <laughs> she is absolutely a top, and she's the fucking best. 
Yeah, I enjoyed that we got a lot more of her in this book and in this trilogy because she is far and away the most interesting part of Thrawn's character. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, gosh, it's been forever since I read the, the first trilogy. But it was always like, ah, oh, yes, this vague person, Aralani. And now it's like, oh, y'all been friends. You're very responsible and good at your job. And also sometimes you just kind of let Thrawn fuck around. Because you trust him and you know he's going to be right in the end. Except for that one time. But otherwise. She's cool. I feel like I've been talking a lot this podcast. Rana, do you have any thoughts on Arlani? I like Arlani. I don't really have much to say about her because I've read this book in such a fragmented way. But um, I really like Arlani. I like that she is willing to think um, in a way that balances like the Chiss world with and her military strategy and trusting Thrawn. Um, and I like that she calls him out on his bullshit too. So yeah, I like Arlani. Yeah. That's all I got to say. I, I think if we want to like, you know, we've talked a lot about Thrawn's lack of political savvy, heavy air quotes. But in terms of his social skills, like he's, she's kind of the interface. <laughs> like she's the one who honestly just cleans up his fucking messes. <laughs> like she's the one who's gonna go talk to Buckheath. And you know, he, he talks to both of them, but she's there to be like, no, no, this, I mean, it was stupid, but it was a good idea. Um, Somebody put in the outline, she's the Obi-Wan to Thrawn's Anakin, which is correct. Yeah, that was, that was me. Good um, job. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I just, I mean, like, Thrawn, much like Anakin, has never, it is, it has rarely occurred to him that he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and Arlani is like, very and this is honestly my favorite part of her character is she's the only one in these books who except maybe Bakif, um, but he's not a major character. Like she's the only major character, certainly, who has a concept that there might be things in the world that she doesn't know, and she acts accordingly. Um and that's great, and I think that's like a great quality to bring to a relationship with Thrawn because she is very much like I see your logic, but I also like understand that we need to be prepared for other outcomes and like because we just don't know things and like Mm -hmm. kind of bringing that common sense to Thrawn in the same way that Obi-Wan does to Anakin who has never had a plan that didn't start and end with fucking Leroy Jenkinsing up in there (laughs) and I think to like with that and with her openness to like hey I might not know anything you know she's like a, a great foil to Thrawn because She's not going to be, like, the, you know, the the straight man in this, right? Like, she's going to, you know, she's going to say, okay, well, there are rules and regulations, sir. But she's also willing to see what happens. Like, she's not just going to shut everything down and, like, shoot down all of his ideas and opinions and plans and whatever crazy shit he's got planned or going for him. I don't know. But they play well with each other. 
It's interesting that you say that, though, because and this was a thought I just had as you were talking. Because when we first meet her, well, I mean, I guess we meet her at the very end of Alliances. But, like, when we mostly meet, like, meet her for real in Treason, it feels like they don't play well together. Like, it, their relationship is very different there. Like, and you can see the, like that it used to be that they used to be very close because she like knows him and understands how he thinks and trusts him. But like the first time they like encounter each other and like remembering that it's the first time in like 20 years that they've seen each other. It's not like, Oh my God, like it's so good to see you. My close personal friend from school who took me to an art gallery once it's (laughs) you piece of shit. You ruined my like trap that I was luring the grisks into. Now we have to start all over. (laughs) I wonder um, if that has anything to do with how this trilogy is going to unfold. I mean, like, I do wonder how far this trilogy will take us into the story of Thrawn, the blue boy. Um, (laughs) But, like, does something happen? But, like, also, if I didn't see someone for 20 years that I was really close with... And they pulled that shit, I would do the same thing. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it definitely... And and I will also say that by the end of Treason, it feels like this, this trust that isn't there at the beginning has returned. So it could just be mm-hmm. a lack of familiarity that they fall back into those routines. But it's... I don't know. I just found it interesting because it does feel like now there is an implicit trust between Thrawn and Aralani. And it didn't feel like that when we first met her. Yeah, and even if there was no conflict, like, it's been a while since they've seen each other. Um, and, you know, he's getting her in... I don't I don't remember how it goes, but, like, they connect somehow, and I forgot where my point was going. <laughs> will it come back? Time will tell. Verb's going to text us in three hours. (laughs) Yeah, the episode's going to drop, and I'm going to remember. Yep. It's okay. Um, That's why you... Oh, sorry. I muted myself. That's why you run our social. (laughs) I just run the Instagram, and I probably shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Hey, you do a better job than I do with the Twitter lately, so... Yeah, I try to find things out about the podcast and, like, get up to date. And I go to the Twitter, and I'm like, this is... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's your first mistake. (laughs) I have been very depressed, capital V, capital D. (laughs) Uh, Good times. okay. I don't even... I haven't even been depressed, and I haven't updated. I have just, like, won't even open Instagram anymore. I got one message I didn't want to respond to, like, three months ago, and I was like... (laughs) Why do I use this platform? I just stopped. That's so real. <laughs> it wasn't even anything bad. It was like just someone I didn't have anything to say to. And I was like, oh. Honestly, that's to. me with Twitter recently. I think maybe like it's so ironic because in the past, sorry, I know this is a book podcast, but in the past, I always wanted to use social media less. And now I'm like, do I need to make a New Year's resolution to actually use my social media, including our Book Wars pod stuff? Because <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. Ironically, I'm going to be on Twitter much more now that I have a job again, because the only time I was ever on Twitter was like when I was at a computer or rather the only time I was ever on my personal Twitter was when I was at a computer because I specifically don't have it on my phone because I would be on it all the time. Oh, that's smart. The only Twitter I have on my phone is the, the pod Twitter to like retweet and comment on Star Wars news. 
Will you tweet from the pod from your new job as well? Uh, probably. If anybody from the pod is, or from my new job is going back and listening to this, I'd never do that ever. Never, he's never, never done do it. such a thing. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. If Not trying to get you in trouble active. with work. That's okay. Just they all don't I know do that. is They don't know the name of this podcast, and I don't plan to tell them. Smart. Yeah. Um, one final kind of goodbye point. Um, which is made as a kind of goodbye point in the book. He and it is my favorite epilogue. point in this entire outline, by the way. <laughs> Who the what? fuck is Jixtus? Well, I would like to commend Timothy Zahn for finding multiple consonants, first of all. <laughs> Almost too many, though. That, but that's yeah. He overcompensated. No, that's nothing. I, I, I got a minor in Russian in college. That's... They could fit it. He could fit a couple more in there. Fair, very, very fair. Um, side note, Burb, have you watched The Great on Hulu? I watched part of the first season. Okay, me and Kate are very behind in watching it now, but I, I very much enjoy it, and I think of you because of the Russian shit. <laughs> I watched that show with my mom while recovering from surgery. So. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Wait, so actually, who is Jixus? I, like, I, I remember seeing his name, but I do not remember in what context. Okay, so if you watch The Great... No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Nicholas II. Um, uh, so, Jixus is, in, in the epilogue, how, like, Kilori is, like, making his way out of the area, like, grumbling about how he hates Thrawn, and then, like, comes upon this massive warship, and, like, the voice of God talks to him and is like, oh, yeah. you will defeat Thrawn. That the voice of Jixtus is the voice of God. I just assumed it was Snoke. I mean, it's not a wrong idea. AKA Darth Jar Jar. Everything or somehow Palpatine has returned. Always, always an option. Palpatine. I mean, I I actually thought it was Palpatine. <laughs> like that would have been. Then he, then he a said Jixtus, and I was like, "Is this? Do you do you have like a?" Like a stage name in the chaos. <laughs> Distant cousin Jixtus Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine's drag name. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to get more about him in the next two books, but he is obviously positioned as the big bad or a representative of the big bad. Chris, anything That's exciting you want to foreshadow for us? I mean, I think... By foreshadow, I mean let us know. I mean, one thing that came to mind when I first read the book is is Jixtis a Grisk. Because the Grisk are the kind of the big enemies that we see um, in the, the thron- in the first trilogy, the first canon trilogy. And you definitely get the feeling that Thrawn has experience with them. Um, and that mm. they are like known to the known somewhat known to the chiss i have zero memory of the original thrawn trilogy i know i read it as a child but i don't remember a thing about it oh i don't even mean that one i mean like the 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 canon the first canon thrawn trilogy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah i didn't even read that one so yeah it's i mean i i love thrawn alliances because it has my my trash raccoon favorite character in it but Um, but I also know that it's Miranda's least favorite because it has no Eli. He's the best. 
yeah. But anyway, so I remember that being my my thought when we first encountered Jixtis, is that is he one of these these mythical Grisk that we hear so much about? So time will tell. Okay. I mean, do you? I, I was about to have a thought on it, and then it wasn't a real thought or a fully formed thought. So that's fair. I think I'll put that down and maybe pick it up again next time we chat about it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Rana, any final thoughts? I didn't have a starting thought, so no. I'm All right, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Started from the bottom. Now we're still at the bottom. <laughs> also, see title of my autobiography. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to yet another thrilling episode of the Book Wars Pod. Um, get your vaccines and boosters because you will catch Omicron. And if you have a vaccine and a booster, it'll be wor- it'll be less bad. Um, our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising, finally. Um, and then we're going to be getting back into books that we enjoy reading. I, I feel... <laughs> I don't mean oh. to be this mean to Tim Zahn, but it but it comes out. Um, I liked the last part of this book. I liked this section. It, yeah, it was it was fun. It's the only section where interesting pa- things happen. Yeah, that's how Tim Zahn books work. Uh, they're 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 ninety five percent setup. Uh, anyway, our next book after that, we're going to be finally getting into the High Republic, uh, reading Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, which is the the opening book to the the literary magnum opus that is the high republic it's more than literary now now that there's that quantum dream game coming out that's set in the higher public too and i think what's it the the acolyte is set in higher public too like it's oh fuck yeah it is it's a big fucking moment for the higher public um so if you have means first of all don't support us um second of all do support the t fund uh, at tfund.org and then if you want to support us you can donate to the Tashisha Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod uh, and just really helping keep the, the money flowing toward Argo, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear our logo and artwork are by Joe Butier Design and our audio and production are done as always by Kristen McDonald I am Chris. Uh, I'm very proud of myself for somehow not coughing into the mic this entire time. So <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to forget your name. I, like, am, I am Groot. I'm Jixtus. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Twist. Uh, uh, for Miranda, Rana, Kristen, and Kate, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. I want to see Palpatine in drag. Yeah, I can imagine it. I don't know why I said it, but I can see it now.